welcome to the Scam Economy with your host, Matt Bender. So much happening in the cryptocurrency world lately. You know who's been really quiet? The crypto mining companies. What's been going on with them? You gotta assume with crypto taking a hit, they haven't been making out as well as they used to. Welcome to Scam Economy, everyone. My name is Matt Binder, and on today's episode of the show, we can confirm to you that they are not making out as well as they used to via their Bitcoin mining operations. But as you're all going to find out in just a little bit, they've found other avenues to make some money. And it includes cutting sweetheart deals with states and local governments all throughout the United States without any input from the people who live in the small towns that they build their massive, wasteful Bitcoin mining operations in. But before we get to this very illuminating episode on the Bitcoin miners, I can tell you there's no sweetheart backroom deals being cut here. Scam Economy is brought to you by the people who support this show at patreon.com slash mattbinder, where you can become a monthly paying subscriber. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash mattbinder and check out the podcast version of this show. And you can find all the links to that audio at scameconomy.com. Now to the Bitcoin mining companies, and for the most part, specifically about Riot Platforms, a mining company that moved into a small rural town in Texas. And joining me now to talk about all of this is Jackie Sawicki. She's the founder of the Concerned Citizens for Navarro County and a member of the NCAC, the National Coalition Against Crypto Mining. Jackie, thank you so much for joining me on Scam Economy. Thank you so much for having us, Matt. Um, I'm super excited to be here. I'm a huge fan and I love all the things that you're doing. Thank you so much. Oh, I appreciate you appreciating me and I appreciate you for your work here because, you know, I feel like over the past couple of months, crypto itself has taken as a whole, as an industry has taken a hit. Um, it's it's there's a little bit of a spike now because of all the issues with the banking world, which is funny because that those banking failures, at least two out of three of them were spearheaded by crypto failures. So the yep. fact that Bitcoin is spiking as if it's some sort of alternative when two out of those three banks failed because of. The- <laughs> yeah, they're, they were so gung ho about crypto is pretty funny. But anyway, so. Over the past couple of months, though, in general, crypto has taken a hit. It's fallen out of the mainstream uh, as at least, uh, you know, tech's current uh, shiny thing, shiny new toy. Uh, yeah. They're currently looking at AI. Uh, yeah. That's their that's their new shiny uh, object. But crypto has taken the hit. And while it's still in the news and, you know, people are still enamored by the failures of FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried and all that Crypto mining has almost, in my opinion, completely out of the news cycle, at least in the mainstream. Obviously, the the tech, the the, the crypto centric uh, outlets are probably on top of it still. But for the most part, people have forgotten about the crypto yep. miners, and, and unless they are going bankrupt and it's in the news, that's true, right? And we'll get to <laughs> we'll get to that shortly. Yes, 
But to me, like the crypto miners, obviously, while some of them, like you just said, have have also failed because they've taken a hit. The thing about crypto mining that always sort of struck me was people who, you know, we often talk about the victims of crypto, people who were were tricked or sweet talked or, you know, just made a bad decision on their own and invested in cryptocurrency at the absolute worst moment, which seems to be the vast majority of, you know, Main Street America. Um, and, and they lost a lot. Uh, their money was stolen via the various crypto loaning companies that went under, who was mismanaging their funds, who in some cases were straight up Ponzi's. And, you know, obviously those people don't deserve what happened to them. But they did, they were, I should say, active participants in crypto. Like they made the investments, they put their money into it, and they they lost. But crypto mining, the victims of crypto mining oftentimes had nothing to do with crypto. They were just yep. living their lives in their small town. Uh, often this has hit rural America. And yep, their local governments get sold on this future industry that's going to reap rewards. It's going to be like the old you know, gold rush that everyone went west in the 1800s. And, yeah. you know, they're lured by this, this, this promise. And then lo and behold, these people who have no idea what crypto is for the most part are now stuck dealing with the consequences of these crypto mining companies coming into their town. Yeah. Can you tell me your story? Tell me a little bit about Navarro County and, you know, how you became aware of what crypto mining even was. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, um, Navarro County is uh, a county just south of Dallas and north of Houston. So we're in between, uh, we're on the big thoroughfare uh, 45 in between Dallas and, and Houston. And we have a lot of industry here already. We have uh, Sto Russell Stover's Candy. We have a candy factory. We have a glass factory, a Guardian Glass. We have an iron smelt. Uh, we have a mattress factory. So we have real industry here in Corsicana um, and Navarro County. Corsicana is the seat of Navarro County. Um, it is an indigent county. It's a 16% poverty rate. And we have 17% uh, seniors. A lot of those folks are living on fixed incomes. Um, I've been interested in, in you know, crypto and Bitcoin because it was like when it was just blowing up in 1920. I looked into it and like just the energy immediately. Mean. 19, yeah, yeah. 2020, right. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 2019, 2020, when I was it was to just say, like you the knew top something really early. You were on time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before computers. No. Um, and, you know, I was a Girl Scout. I'm an environmentalist. We're uh, like holistic permaculture farmers. That's why we came out here to the country. So just the environmental impacts immediately turned me off. And then the more you, you know, look, learn about it um, from crypto skeptics and stuff like that, it's just it's just awful. It's a net negative. I love um, um, the Teal. Um, oh, my gosh, I can't think of his name now. But they did that whole um, uh crypto bitcoin symposium where they had a lot of scientists um you know technologists that kind of stuff the 
crypto symposium, I think is what it's called. Oh, I, th I think but, I remember what you're talking about. The crypto policy yes. symposium. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So that was really um, a huge. I mean, I, I had to go down the rabbit hole. And I like to say that I'm really resentful that I had to learn this much about Bitcoin and stuff. I really wish I could have spent all this time and energy on something more productive. Um, but I kind of felt like I was when when this was announced. So how I found out about this, the world's largest Bitcoin mine coming to Corsican and Navarro County um, by Riot used to be blockchain. Now it's Riot Platforms. But I was on Facebook and um, there was a big surprise announcement that was being live streamed um, from the city of Corsicana. And uh, lo and behold, Chad Harris, the former CEO, uh, CCO of Riot Blockchain, Riot Platforms, um, got the, the mayor introduces him and they, they announce that they're building the world's largest Bitcoin mine here. And immediately like bells start going off. And um, one of the things that he said that like really triggered the red flags was he said this this deal's been in the works for months and months but this was the first anyone had even he had heard of it even some of the county commissioners hadn't been made aware of this deal so it was very hush hush and then in the at the end of this announcement there was like a q and a and somebody asked chad harris why he came to corsicana and he said you have two very important resources you have the navarro switch which is this big electrical um I don't know what it is. It's like a transformer area, but it's huge. And then, um, and you have water. So he told us from the beginning, we are coming here to exploit your resources. And, you know, they were clapping. And so, but what's beautiful is like in the stream, you can see people in real time, just like, are you kidding me? Because Corsicana, Navarro County, we have terrible roads, awful internet infrastructure, um, you know, the wind blows too hard and the power goes out. It is a very, it is a crumbling, pretty poor destitute area. And like, this is what they're bringing, you know, they're not going to help us. That's not going to, you know, improve anybody's life. So one of the things that was the biggest problem I saw was, um, it was being built in a residential neighborhood. So there are people, there's a house across the street from this facility and, um, there are, two pairs of nesting bald eagles, but they did no elect, um, environmental impact studies. So yeah, I mean, like it was so secretive and done behind closed doors. And then when you do find out, it's just like, um, they, they lied about a lot of stuff. So when we did, we ended up doing a bunch of records requests and we found out that to get their foot in the door, they told the County and the city that they were uh, building a data center which is very common. So we're also, uh, our, our group is part of the National Coalition Against Crypto Mining. And this is a very common theme. These grassroots organizations, they say the same thing. They say they're a data center. They say they're a science center. They use all kinds of like, you know, cause crypto, the main thing is they manipulate language. They obfuscate their true intentions and what they're really doing. So um, saying you're a data center, um, they also get, tax exemption, a uh, sales tax exemption as a, a data center. So it's like, you know, like I said, we have all these industries, but they don't actually produce anything. Nobody in Navarro County is going to be using their product. You know, you can what go was, into a store and buy that candy. <laughs> right, right. What was the, like, usually, usually, um, you know, when, when these sorts of large, 
companies come in, you know, when it's maybe like, uh, and they, they do say we're going to take advantage of your resources. Usually the way they get in, usually the big selling point for the, the local government is that we're, we're bringing jobs where we yeah. got tons of jobs and yeah. you know, they, they, that, that, that the allure of providing the, you know, your, your constituents with, with jobs, uh, a chance to be employed for this uh, growing industry that's sold to you. That's usually the reason they they go for it. Now, a lot of times, you know, we 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 find out pr- pretty quickly that these jobs are, are never uh, in the numbers that they claim, or and or because it's it's usually it could be either or both. <laughs> the jobs are very temporary. As in yeah. once everything's set up, then like Correct. 90% of those jobs are out of there. Uh, you know, and yeah. everyone's unemployed again. Yet you're stuck with this giant infrastructure that's just draining the, the local resources. Um, what yeah. was – did they promise the jobs, like the, the usual, uh, you know, list of items that, that make uh, local politicians go cha-ching? Yes, yes, absolutely. So this was a really great one because in their, you know, in the big announcement, they also had a press release that went with it. And so they're promising 250 to 950 jobs um, by the end of it. And two things about that figure. Number one, in their own um, press release, so they also currently have the North America's largest mine in Milam County outside of Rockdale, Texas. In their own press release, they said that they're because Rockdale is only two hours from Corsicana, they're going to leverage existing talent pools. So in their own press release, they're saying they're going to use their own people that they already have employed, you know, so that's good for investors because they're not going to need to spend too much money on new employees. And then um, I spoke with the Chamber of Commerce in Corsicana and that 250 to 950 jobs it's really, again, manipulative. It's at some point in time, these job, there would have been these jobs, but it's not at the end of the project, 950 permanent jobs. No, just like you said, they're temporary. Most of this stuff is, um, you know, construction, tearing down stuff. They also have, you know, they, they brag about being vertically, vertically integrated. So they have their own electric company. They have a um, couple other things. So you know, they're not creating jobs. We know that the, the tech transparency product project put out a really good article, a study about the failed promises of, of jobs and employment. And that's part of, you know, this transparency push on crypto miners. They make these grandiose claims, but, you know, there's no accountability. There's no transparency for us to actually verify if these are true. So um, that is... You know, I've tried for a really long time to figure out exactly how many people work in their Rockdale mine. And the best I could get was there's a picture. They do videos and there's a picture, I think, of everyone. And it's like less than 100 people. And these these facilities are humongous. They're huge. So and and they they have these slick videos on on YouTube and stuff. And you can see huge projects. And there's like a handful of people in any one frame. It's not it's. It's not creating jobs. We know it's not creating jobs. But that's another really shocking thing that I found during these records requests is not once did our local city council or economic development director 
or city manager, not, not once did they reach out to third parties, to like neutral experts, to, to see if any of these claims were real. They just took this snake oil salesman at face value and then I provide them with like a mountain of evidence refuting a lot of these talking points. And we were summarily ignored for over a month. Um, they pre just pretended like we didn't exist. We made a group, we started a petition. We have like, right now we have like almost 700 people in our local group. And you know, they just try to ignore us and there's zero accountability in the local government as well. Right, right. So I, I should actually, because thinking about it, I should rewind a little bit here because when we talk about crypto mining and, and regular listeners of the show, I've done a number yeah. of episodes on this, but um, there, if you're listening for the first time, I want you to know, and this has actually been a joke on the live streams I do where uh, listeners call in and I, I have one specific uh, listener named Cameron who calls in and we have an ongoing joke where he calls in with a hard hat on and he tells me how it's going down in the crypto mines. <laughs> We're not talking like those type of minds here. We're, we're not even talking like, oh, which is an honest, honorable profession that's right. like, you right. know, hardworking. Right. And again, that goes back to that obfuscation and manipulation of the language because it, it's a lot more alluring than saying a bunch of computers guessing numbers 24 7, just wasting energy and water. Right, right. So we are talking about exactly what you said. It's literally warehouse size buildings just filled with servers constantly just solving puzzles in order to make the you know really make the bitcoin the, the blockchain where where bitcoin lives work because basically what crypto mine, miners do is they validate the blocks on the chains they basically make sure the transactions get posted and go through on uh, a blockchain, like when you send Bitcoin to somebody, it is the crypto miners who validate uh, those blocks on the chain and make the transactions uh, basically resolve, finalize. The, the, and yeah. when they do that, they get rewarded with a percentage, a very small percentage, but a percentage of Bitcoin. Now, yeah. obviously, the more you do it, the more server power you have the larger sums of those small pieces of Bitcoin you get and they make a lot more Bitcoin. And this is uh, called, th this particular method is called proof of work. There's another one called proof of stake, which is, which is much less intensive uh, on the environment, on the, the processors, um, a lot of uh, crypto tokens, cryptocurrency blockchains, uh, like Ethereum, probably the biggest one, moved to a proof-of-stake network in order to be more environmental friendly. The Bitcoin community refuses to do this. They yep. are adamant about sticking with the more intensive uh, version that we just discussed called proof-of-work, which in turn is bad for the environment and creates this very situation that has hit small towns all across America, including uh, yours, Jackie. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. The the environment again. The environmental thing is why I'm so adamantly against Bitcoin. And then to know that the Texas grid is so fragile and brittle, and that terrible things have already happened, and hundreds of people have already died because our electrical infrastructure is so in shambles, and the fact that 
instead of doing something, instead of really creating a resilient grid or God forbid, connecting to the United States grid and us being part of the, you know, the U S um, Greg Abbott tells crypto miners getting kicked out of China, come to Texas. We want to make Texas the crypto mining capital of the world. So it, to me, it's just, I mean, and why you got to think about why do Republicans and why do certain folks love proof of waste Bitcoin mining because it's great for the oil and gas industry. They are resuscitating fracking. They're bringing it back from its deathbed to mine, to mine, oh, Bitcoin, you know? Um, so the other thing I like to say is when it comes to water, with it's like fight club. Bitcoin bros do not talk about the water because water is universally understood to be so sacred and precious and finite that when you find out how much water these people, I'm trying not to cuss, but you can cuss on your show. These you can, people yes. are, Please feel free. <laughs> are wasting. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to keep it together. No. Um, so it took a really long time for us to find out the water situation and we still don't have all of our questions answered, but you know, last year in Texas, a record amount of ranchers had to sell their herds early because we were in such a bad drought that it was driving up the cost of hay and people literally couldn't afford to feed their cattle. So they were selling off cattle in record number. And then you find out that these people are flooding the state and they're wasting hundreds and millions of gallons of water a day. You know, again, for a, a, I call them factories that produce nothing. This factory that produces nothing is gonna be the number one user of water in our entire county. And again, we got glass factory, chocolate factory, we got a mattress factory. This is gonna use more than an iron smelt. Think about that. Like, so at the final um, iteration, there's gonna be 400,000 of these miners um, and they wanna take, at the height of the summer, one and a half million gallons of water. That they disclosed, they've come back to the city and asked for unfettered access, but right now they're asking for 1.5 million gallons of, of water a day. So in the summer, Texas becomes a tinderbox. Everything just becomes so dry and crispy and we're in you know, burn ban and we're told to conserve. And we even had smaller cities literally running out of water last year. So to be in these extreme, and climate change is real people, you know, so to be in the climate col collapse era and to not only allow these things to happen, but subsidize them and incentivize them is just bonkers. So uh, we don't know what happens to the water once it's heated to over 100 degrees. Um, they still, they haven't, they haven't answered that. And they're building onto a creek that feeds into uh, Richland Chambers Reservoir. Richland Chambers Reservoir is the tap water, the water source for Arlington, Fort Worth, two of the biggest cities in Texas. If something terrible happens and a fire catches and all of these precious metals leach into the water and go into, you know, the Richland Chambers Reservoir, we're talking about contaminating the water source for two of the biggest, you know, uh, cities in Texas and no environmental impact studies were done. <laughs> you know, like it's just, it's insane to me. The, the only word I always end up coming back to is just insane because sane people would not just like, take this thing at face value, would not incentivize it. Sane people, to when I tell them what's going on, sane people are like, 
are you kidding me? They get right. very angry about it. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, I actually want to, want to, you mentioned the, uh, you know, the Texas grid ERCOT and I want to go back to that. Cause I think a lot of people outside of Texas, uh, Texas or people who just aren't maybe, uh, that, uh, into politics don't mm-hmm. realize this, that there yeah. are three major grids in the U S East, West and Texas. Texas has basically decided to not connect to either of them and do their own thing, which means if there is a failure in Texas, one that even goes beyond what, you know, natural causes, terrible storm, they can't get help from somewhere else uh, that's not dealing with that issue because they have their own system because they want it to be cut off from everybody else. And so when you bring in purposefully these companies that are a grind on the system, I mean, you're you're just asking for trouble. And the fact that they're doing this, like advocating for these Bitcoin mining companies to come here in Texas, to Texas, and set up shop. And then there's this part. I I guess we should get into it now. I I honestly, when when, when we... when I reached out to you and we booked this episode, I, I was trying to figure out where do I want this? Do I want it at the beginning? No, I got I got to explain a little bit so people understand. Do I want it at the end? The big like, you know, reveal? No, no, I don't want people to wait that long. I feel like this is the segue I've been waiting for. Cuz to me this is the most insane thing of it all. And there's two parts here that are equally crazy. One is that and please, I'm just going to lay out the basics here, and I, you should, I want you to take over and explain it in more detail. The first thing I want to mention is that these crypto mining companies, Riot included, and we'll get more into Riot specifically shortly, but these crypto mining companies come to Texas, connect to this grid that is solely Texas's, yep. and when there's some sort of issue, a heat wave... A terrible storm, something that's affecting the grid, uh, grid's ability to uh, work for the entire state. The state has to then go to these crypto mining companies and beg them to shut off the their whole thing, their whole infrastructure, just so it stops draining the electric resources that they're trying to conserve during these moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I just extortion. can't. I mean, I, 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 and then they have the nerve to say that they're stabilizing the grid. That is so that when that line just infuriates me every time uh, I say, it's like someone strangling you and then they stop strangling you. And then they say, I'm helping you breathe. That's what crypto miners are doing. And um, so it is like, they have to be part of what's called the demand response program. And this did exist since like 1993. And it, it, Texas is a really industrialized state. Uh, we have huge refineries on the coast. We have like a lot of um, manufacturing and that kind of stuff. So this program has existed for a while. But like you said, if we were connected to the United States grid and the other grid, uh, then we could borrow power 
from those uh, the other grids. Instead, we have to monitor at all times. And you can go to ERCOT's website and you can see the dashboard and see the electrical demand. You can see the mix, what's coming from oil and gas, what's coming from um, solar and wind, that kind of stuff. So in the summer and, and recent, more recently in the winter, we have these tremendous um, demand on the grid when we have, and that was one of the things, you know, on April 27th, we're coming up on the one year anniversary on April 27th, riot made this announcement in our city. And then that spring, last spring, we were having record um, demand on the grid and we were having brownouts like the week they announced. So even before the world's largest Bitcoin mine goes online, we're already seeing these like really dangerous days where we're holding our breath going, I really hope, and it's 114 degrees. I mean, when I talk about life and death, it's not hyperbole. Um, there are seniors and, and young folks and you know people who are just compromised. They can't sustain 114 degree days for you know extended periods of time. Um, and then in the winter, the winter storm URI. Um, and a lot of this has to do with where our priorities lie. Uh, again, the real grift, the real scam in Riot is they're essentially becoming middlemen between Texans and the, the power grid. So this, one interesting- this, oh, this is the second mind-blowing thing. And I think this is like the cherry on top. And and. Please, I want you to explain it uh, right from where you were, but I just had to, I want people to understand, listen to this. This is just, I, I, I don't, what do you, like, this is, I don't, I don't okay. get this, I don't know how to, what do you even make of this? I'm honestly speechless when I, when I first read this. Um, yeah. Please, go ahead. This yeah. is the people second. Have, yeah, mental gymnastics justifying this, but so Riot, Riot Platforms, formerly Riot Blockchain, gets a sweetheart fixed rate energy deal of 2.5 cent a kilowatt hour until the year 2030. Meanwhile, most Texans have seen a 70% increase in their electricity. So they always love to say crypto miners go to where the energy is cheap. And this is another debunking of that whole uh, green energy because cheap energy is not usually green energy. It's oil and gas, that kind of stuff. It's fossil fuels down here in Texas and Kentucky, you know, that kind of stuff. So they get 2.5 cent a kilowatt hour till the year 2030. In Rockdale, they get 100% uh, property tax abatements on like $200 million worth of property for 10 years. Uh, they are sales tax exempt under the guise of being a data center. Um, what's Oh, so then they're part of the demand response program. When they brought you know the grid to the point of failure they get paid by ERCOT to shut down in energy credits so I, some months yeah this, it, some this months is... they literally <laughs> make more money by not doing anything than by mine, mining bitcoin um and then they they take what whatever power is stored in their batteries at that moment and they turn around and sell it at a spot premium so this deeply discounted energy they turn around and sell at a premium uh back to the grid so it's it's incredibly exploitative. I call them parasites. They just go in between. They just inject themselves in between consumers. And, you know, every step of the line, we're, we're uh, subsidizing them. Texas taxpayers, Texas energy consumers, those of us who actually pay our bills. We're just I am absolutely convinced 
had, had they not had all of these sweetheart deals and kickbacks and all that stuff, that they would already be out of business. They love to, to claim that they have no debt, but that's because we're paying all their bills. <laughs> Texans are paying their bills. This this is from uh, an announcement that Riot put out themselves last August. They made an uh, around nine point five million dollars in power credits due to the times they were asked to shut down its mining rigs. Which means when you look at how much they made from their Bitcoin uh, earnings, they said they sold two hundred seventy five. Bitcoin uh, in that same announcement, which netted them 5.6 million, selling those power credits made them more money than their actual, the core business, which is mining yes. Bitcoin and then selling those Bitcoin. Um, and I, I, I really am like stunned. Like, let me ask you a question, Jackie. When I've never been to Texas, I, it looks like a beautiful state, but I just haven't been, so I'm completely unfamiliar with Texas, um, when when there's uh, real, uh, you know, uh, uh, when when the the grid is is really running at capacity, and the the government is asking locals to conserve energy to to you know uh, bring down their usage, do people like you, Jackie, and the every normal everyday Texans, do they get paid for doing that? No, no, we do not. We hmm. actually see, because the, the grid is so deregulated, we actually see enormous spikes in our bills. So we don't, depending on what kind of uh, deal you have with your energy provider, some people see enormous, huge spikes, even when our power is out. So during winter storm Uri, uh, when hundreds of Texans died, they were also simultaneously just adding insult to injury, just rubbing salt into their wounds they were seeing $1,000 electricity bills and huge, I mean, just incredible. And our power, was, power, people's power were out for prolonged periods of time. So, yeah, no, they don't get paid. In fact, we are punished. Has Riot reached out to, um, to because, I mean, I'm assuming they've heard the critiques, the criticism um, has Riot reached out to you or, or anyone uh, who was not involved in the creation of these deals to sort of even attempt to address uh, your concerns? That's kind of a loaded question. So to begin with, when, during you know because of our records request, we found out that um, – they absolutely did not want this to become public until it it had to. So there was one point where they were asking, where a representative from Riot was asking Economic Development Director John Boswell, if we ask for tax for property tax abatements, will this have to be made public? And and he said yes, it will have to be put on the agenda. And so they're like, okay, we're going to hold off for now because they knew, because it's a sensitive topic or something like that. So they knew it was going to be wildly unpopular. Um, you know, we created our group. We were again, ignored for over a month until the youngest member of city council, um, Chris Woolsey was, you know, um, messaged by another member and she was asking him, you know, his stance and stuff. And he, he was getting frustrated with her pushing back on his, you know, boilerplate answers. And he said, you know, I could just be ignoring your group like everybody else. 
And that kind of blew the lid off of the things. That's when we started. I sent that to a bunch of media. I sent that to some journalists and stuff. And they actually started paying attention because, you know, I, I had that feeling that everybody was told just to ignore me, you know. Um, but that really did kind of confirm my suspicion. And there was someone who... That, so certain people in city council and business people were given a tour of the mine in Rockdale. So they like bust them over there and they got to go to Rockdale and, and see the, uh, the riot mines there. Um, couple things. So they lied from the beginning and said it was all going to be immersion cooled. So those less, less noisy, that was their whole thing. There's not going to be noise pollution. That was the main concern of everybody because it's all going to be immersion cooled. Um, come to find out through their own investor deck, only 40% is going to be immersion cooled. The other 60% is going to be traditional fan cooled. So there's still going to be noise pollution. Also, years and years of construction is noise and air pollution. And again, it's in a residential neighborhood. So when they say, oh, there's not going to be any noise pollution. Well, that's a lie because they've been, they broke ground in 2019 in Rockdale and they're still building. They have 88,000 miners online now. That's they say <laughs> in Rockdale. It's taken them four years. Extrapolate 400,000 miners, ASIC computers. That's going to take anywhere from 18 to 20 years, you know, going by the math that it's taking them to do Rockdale. So just like a decade or two of construction is not going to be that big of a deal to the people, you know, who live in the area. Um, also, so it seems like uh, it's also not a very bright business plan if you're model is to mine Bitcoin. Um, time is of the essence with mining Bitcoin because eventually there's only 21 million Bitcoin that'll ever be in existence. Um, and we're, we're, we're getting to the point where it's getting taking longer and it's harder to mine those, those last millions of Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, a decade plus down the line, uh, it's going to be even less, uh, uh, fruitful for them uh, so i'm assuming part of it it's got to be just the 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 sweetheart deal they're getting uh and they're banking on that making them money more so than even the bitcoin when we're 10 years plus down the road well i've after don't doing uh, the research that i have on the company riot blockchain riot platforms and the you know the people that run the company i've I've come to the conclusion that it's a get rich quick scheme for the C-suite because <laughs> um, they pay themselves really, really well and they give themselves stocks all the time. Um, and one of the reasons they don't have debt is because they have diluted their stockholders. Their stockholders hate them. If you go to their websites and or any like their subreddit and stuff like that, they're like, stop selling the Bitcoin, stop diluting us, stop, you know, uh, splitting the stock. Uh, there was one point where they were trying to get this uh, to do another stock split and the their stockholders voted no. So the C-suite gave themselves a bunch of stock and then re-voted. And lo and behold, it, it passed. So they treat their stockholders like piggy banks. They pay themselves better than almost all other Bitcoin miners, C-suites. Um, and I really think that even this expansion is almost like um, it's just hype to like keep driving you know the the stock and it is interesting though at their own stockholders tried to sue them a class action lawsuit uh for stock manipulation because at one point their stock was 70 dollars 
and it's trading at like $8 now during this recent pump. So, um, the, it's a pretty shady company to begin with. There's a lot of questions, um, in the business practices and the business model. I was looking at this uh, BlockWorks piece where it basically yeah. uh, compares uh, the uh, compensation that uh, the IT industry uh, and the energy industry, what their executives uh, usually make, and then compared that with the with Riot specifically as the, the, the main crypto mining company in this study. And they found that Riot and these other crypto mining companies paid themselves, their executives, in median compensation, 390% more than the IT, the, the rest of the, 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 the other IT sector. Um, that's incredible because that's a lot more. That's not yeah. like a little bit. That's, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it really does sort of, everything you just mentioned really does track with crypto as a whole, though. I mean, the idea that yeah. they would... They would give themselves more, you know, just hand out the stock so then they could control the vote. I mean, we see that ex same scenario actually in crypto where these, these, these groups called DAOs where, you know, they create these, these communities or groups and they decide on, uh, you know, what to do with their cryptocurrency or in their little group based on votes. And the votes are determined by who holds the most of that specific crypto token that runs the DAO. And you often find that the people who set it up always just seem to have enough <laughs> to single-handedly sway the vote because they just give themselves as much as they need to do that. <laughs> yeah, there's also some pretty damning evidence. If you Google um, the term cool Mara riot daisy chain, so there is pretty solid evidence that um, a single in a single investor in multiple companies was paying for uh, like undisclosed articles, you know, essentially advertising like native advertising, undisclosed articles, um, you know, touting, pumping, riot, marathon, and cool. I don't remember the other one, um, but their their stock ticker is cool. But um, and this. Is one of the reasons why they the stockholders were trying to do a class action lawsuit because it is so manipulated um and you know th there's another thing that they love to do which is they they have slowed down on the projections but they love making projections in their like monthly earnings statements and if you go back historically they never hit those projections so you know and they in these they say they have a safe harbor where it's like we're just this is just a projection where we can't you know be held liable if we don't hit these but it's you know it's pretty funny that like almost every month every month they don't hit those projections but you know they warned you it it it, it could not be true <laughs> and you know last last year they put out their 2022 um, earnings report and they lost 509 million dollars. Um, they say they earned 200 and something million dollars, but they lost 500 million dollars. So how long can a company lose money month after month after month? Like, are, I, I well, really don't think that they're going to actually finish this mine here in Corsicana. Right. That's a possibility. But also it is crypto. They always seem to yeah, I know. <laughs> lose, lose money. And I mean, just massive sums of money just thrown around, of course. 
uh, very few times a paper, actual paper trail of money behind that digital number on the screen. But they always seem to find a way to throw money around because when you have the ability to just print it up, I'm not saying that's what Riot's doing. I'm speaking broadly, uh, you know, more broadly about stable coins like Tether. But um, yeah, they always find the money. Um, I, I wanted to bring up this because I, I you know, Riot while we've been focusing on them because they're the ones that have affected you most directly, this isn't just an issue with Riot. This isn't just an issue hitting a Navarro County. This isn't just an issue affecting Texas. Just before me, sitting right before me on my computer screen, in just I just pulled these two articles just minutes before we went live because I knew they existed. So I'm sure there are dozens if not more similar stories out there too but there's this piece in popular mechanics about what's going on after a cryptocurrency mine set up shop in a town in north carolina there is this washington post piece about what happened in an appalachian town that came to uh, uh when a crypto mine came to tennessee and all the stories are very similar. Yes. All the stories are, we were promised something big. Or not even we, because a lot of these times, they didn't even have to sway the people in the town because it wasn't brought to the people in the town like you you just told us your own experience was until it was too late. But they bring their business to the local government. They sell it for in a way that misrepresents exactly what it is. They promise the world and don't deliver. They get these sweetheart deals. And then when problems start arising, they pr- then they promise the people that they're going to deal with it or that you know this is temporary and that this is going to be an issue that gets resolved. And then it just doesn't. Every story I've read involves being promised that there would be some sort of economic boom. Um, every story I've read ends with some sort of environmental destruction, not even ends because they're not, it's not over yet, but every story is in the process of their, the local environment being destroyed. No promises of that economic boom being fulfilled. Uh, The the noise pollution seems to be a major one, uh, with all these cryptocurrency mines. Um, do you know if, uh, at least in Navarro County has, uh, I'm, I'm Maybe not or not yet. Has anyone um, been displaced or lost their job or affected in that direct economic way yet? Uh, Not yet, but I'll tell you what. The house across the street from the property that they bought, their house went up for sale like immediately. Um, And it's 265 acres of like untouched woodlands and prairie and you know one of the women in the neighborhood uh, I'll never forget it she said they're they're going to destroy the peace and quiet we bought and paid for these people moved either moved out to the country or already are like generationally out in rural quiet beautiful towns um, to be away from the hubbub and the noise pollution and you know, the airplanes, that kind of stuff. Like we're from Dallas and Houston, but we came out here because we wanted a peaceful country life. And I, I can't imagine not being told, number one, not being informed. Nobody asked for their consent that this was happening. 
Um, and, you know, a lot of these folks have been out there for a really long time. It's it's completely unfair and undemocratic. It's like incredibly undemocratic for these things to just pop up. And, you know, the first thing I, I, I confronted the mayor, I asked for a town hall. I said, people do not want this. We want to be able to ask questions and air our grievances. And he looked me in the eye and said, denied. And I, I was like, what about the animals? There are two nesting, two pairs of nesting bald eagles. We have photographic evidence that this is, you know, a, a, a nesting spot. And he goes, oh, there's nothing but hogs and deers out there. So, you know, Mayor Don Denbo, he's his uh, his mayoral reign is over. He got his three terms. <laughs> but um, and, and he might even be the the connection between Riot and Rockdale and here, because at one point, uh, the mayor Denbo was uh, super, interim superintendent of Rockdale. So we think, again, we don't even know how this whole thing started, even though we did records request. The earliest we saw was, com you know, conversation in 2021 um, in December. But we we don't really know where this came from. It was just like, hey, good talking to you. We're, we want to, you know, get together about this data center. So yeah, there's a lot of question marks still, a lot of things not answered. And uh, a lot, many of those states that you were talking about, we have people, we have over t at least 12 states represented in the National Coalition Against Crypto Mining. Um, Seneca Lake Water Defenders. Oh, I could be messing that up. But um, the, the women responsible for all the activism in New York getting a moratorium they are the founding members of the National Coalition Against Crypto Mining. And they've reached out every time there's an article about a mine coming up and, you know, the locals being upset about it. We reach out to those people. We try to find those people and bring them into the fold and try to get them to join our group. So we have people from um, North Carolina. We got people from Virginia, Kentucky, New York, Pennsylvania, um, Texas, Georgia. So, yeah, we, we're trying to because it is it's a ubiquitous story. It's, it's so common to hear the same thing over and over again. A lot of these folks are ignored by their local politicians. Um, one really hopeful story that I read was um, Clay County, North Carolina, because their neighbors had so much issues with the Bitcoin mine. They put a moratorium and they did a commission. And they want they wanted they did everything that our local government didn't do. They reached out to experts. They opened comments from the public. Um, you know, they did the research and they came out on a permanent commercial ban um, on commercial a ban on commercial crypto mining in uh, Clay County, West uh, North Carolina, because they decided they came to the conclusion that it's it's detrimental it would be a net negative for the people and the community and the, and the planet so like we need more of that and they have um that you know um it's an ordinance so they have that free online anybody in you know in a county if you're seeing those kind of things it, it's different each state is kind of different what counties can do but that was a really inspirational you know it gave me a little hope because here in texas i almost feel like it's it's not even worth trying here. That's why I'm focusing more with the National Coalition, too, because, you know, our the whole everybody's in the tank for crypto in Texas. Like there's nobody here that's an ally, you know, legislative wise. So 
Um, it, it does. Elizabeth Warren's been amazing, and and uh, Ed Mar- Markey has been incredible. Right. Yes. It it does beg the question, like, what what's going on here, right? I mean, there's politicians never do something like that uh, out of the kindness of their heart. It's not like they think, uh, oh, these uh, you know these crypto companies are are really uh, the hardworking uh, represented representation of what Texas is all about. No, there's some sort of, there's something going on here, obviously. It's great um, for the oil and gas industry. Yeah. It's, it's good for the fossil fuel industry because right. that's one line that just keeps going up, the, the energy usage of the Bitcoin blockchain. And I say we will never get off of fossil fuels. We will never transition to renewables as long as the Bitcoin blockchain is operable. Because even like you said, it's going to get harder and harder. Well, what does that mean? It's going to get harder and harder to mine a Bitcoin. That means it's going to use more and more energy yes. to mine a Bitcoin. And God bless uh, Digiconomist. Um, I can't remember his his real name, but uh, he does incredible work about documenting. Yeah, it's just insane. Again, insane. There's no other way to put it. The energy usage, the water usage of the Bitcoin blockchain is is insane. It's unconscionable. It's immoral. And I also like to, I, I go to the city council meetings and I read them the riot act, pun intended. Um, and, <laughs> you know, one of the things <clears throat> is that we know about the blockchain is every transaction is recorded on every single computer. So, and we also know that like criminals love Bitcoin. Um, and every year is a new record year of criminals utilizing Bitcoin. And so I told the city council, I said, you know, y'all are... Y'all are putting your stamp of approval on some of the worst possible transactions that you can imagine, and they're all going to be routed through Navarro County. So you're, you know, every child uh, on the blockchain, every human sold into sex slavery, every drug sale, every gun sale, it's all being routed. It's going to be routed through Corsica, and it's going to have your stamp of approval on it. And they didn't like that very much. You know, another funny thing. <laughs> Another funny thing that happened was right after the announcement. So they announced on April 27th and then in June, the Terra Luna crash happened. And then in November for my birthday, thank you, Sam, the FTX crash happened. So another reason I don't think that it's going to actually happen is because they were like not all time highs, but it was pretty high up there. And then the first thing I asked is what happens when this bubble pops? What happens to the facility when the the Ponzi scheme implodes, you know, and Chad Harris, the one face to face we got, he said, what happens when the banking industry collapses? And it just he's a Bitcoin maximalist. He thinks he's going to be a feudal lord in this post apocalypse and we're all going to be his little, you know, uh, like serfs. And, And it's so funny because I'm a farmer. I'm not a prepper, but like we have had serious disruption in our grid and i think food is far more valuable food and water is far more valuable than bitcoin in the post-apocalypse that's <laughs> right, my theory yes. anyway yes I, I i love how the uh you know the internet will continue to function in a right. post-apocalyptic yeah. scenario everything will be uh infrastructure will be pristine uh for yeah. the end of uh, for the end of days Forever. yeah yep. it's yeah it, it uh, I mean, another thing, too, is that they keep bringing up – I mean, we're seeing one of the reasons why I thought it was a perfect time to have you on 
was because we are seeing uh, this small bump right now in Bitcoin due to the, like I mentioned earlier, because of the issues going on in the banks right now. But it's always just like fear mongering for the pump of their own bags because mm -hmm. you, me, and again, again, this is they, they live in a different world. You and me yes. and everybody else, we're not worried about the banking scenarios that are going on right. The banking situation, I should say, that's going on right now, because we don't have more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> in our bank accounts. If yep. our bank was to go under, well, then guess what? The FDIC insurance kicks in, and we get our money in full up to two hundred fifty k. And yeah. I'm gonna reckon that the vast majority of pe people here in New York, the vast majority of people there, where you are in Texas, uh, don't have more than two hundred fifty k in their bank account. Uh, yep. So we're we're not worried like these guys are. I mean, it really does say a lot that they're yeah they're telling on themselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. It's also perfect proof as to why um, the people currently buying into Bitcoin aren't the everyday. Uh, you know, citizens of this country who are worried yeah. about the, fa the the falling dollar that they're trying to portray. No, yeah. I just it's just not an issue. It's a bunch of rich people trying to create uh, this uh, fervor around Bitcoin in order to pump up, probably really pump up, uh, pump up what they were already holding at a loss. And they're trying yeah. to get it back up to a point where back. they could sell at some sort of if not break even point at the very least, some sort of, uh, you know, um, profit. Uh, but yeah. this is going to be an ongoing issue because Bitcoin mining clearly isn't going anywhere, even while the rest of the industry uh, shockingly got a little bit progressive on this issue and said, maybe even just from a PR standpoint, we should move away from this incredibly energy wasteful proof of work system. Uh, Bitcoin, is the, the largest of the uh, cryptocurrencies, is deciding as a community to stand firm here and keep uh, doing what they're doing. So, I mean, uh, it's also uh, very important, I think, to uh, monitor how, like you brought up, other areas of the country are dealing with this. Because um, after speaking with you, I really do. I mean, this is the case for probably most issues. But after speaking with you, I, I think I'm much more aware of how, um, you know, local governments, even statewide governments, obviously, in Texas are gung-ho about this, even while all signs point to this being a bad idea. And the yeah. solidarity surrounding a nationwide movement um, will really provide that added pressure. Because if you, you have, you know, that town in North Carolina to point to as, as look what happens there and look what's happening here. That's the great comparison in terms of uh, them doing the work to find out what could have happened and avoiding it. Yeah. And then your town, uh, your, your county not doing the work and dealing with the consequences. Yeah, and I think because Bitcoin refuses to go off of proof of waste, I think that is going to be its undoing because it's unsustainable in the absolute most truest definition of the word. And and people, the more like I'm kind of happy that it went a little mainstream when the bubble was at its its apex because more and more people learned what it was and they were horrified and disgusted. So, um, you know, 
the more people that are educated, the more people are going to be on our side and go like, this is absolutely unconscionable. We can't be doing this when, you know, there's record drought and fires and all this stuff. Uh, it's just, it's, it, it doesn't make any sense to really not, I mean, I, I love that Biden, I think just uh, proposed like a bill to do a 30% premium tax on Bitcoin miners. So instead of incentivizing them and like subsidizing them, they should be paying a premium. And I think Canada did that as well. So there's a lot of, you know, for every terrible story that we have, like ours, there are really positive stories. Like I was looking up a list of countries that have banned or, or limited crypto mining. It's over 40 countries, um, not just China. That's the big one. And, um, and you know, when China, most of the miners in China were using hydroelectric. So when they left China, they actually became more dirty, especially because they're coming to Texas, who is mostly oil and gas. So that whole thing where they're talking about their renewable mix is just total BS. Um, so yeah, I, I think that the more people understand what proof of waste is, and the more people who are going to be personally impacted there, it's almost been a year and there are still people in Corsican and Navarro that don't even know about the mine because uh, the, the information here is so bad. So we have one newspaper, Indigent County, poverty stricken, one newspaper behind the payroll, paywall. So people don't have access to information here. Uh, a lot of people get information through like local Facebook groups and stuff like that. So I am like, and, and Riot told our, our local county commissioners and city council people, they told them lies and then they disseminated those lies. And then we found out through records requests that they were lies and we've had to go like individually correct those, you know, misinformation. So like saying it was all going to be immersion cooled and uh, saying there wasn't going to be any noise pollution, saying, oh, <laughs> they love to say that there was only going to be one big draw of water. And then it was just going to be a little top off, you know, and they, they were disseminating this. And then you look into it and that's not at all true at all. You know, right. so they would they would just, you know, like you got to just stay on top of these people. It's insane the amount of work. And every, every month I do a new re records request because the city, of course, is like not at all cooperative. So I have to like there was a super secret groundbreaking ceremony that the mayor and the city manager were in attendance and they did not disclose to the public that they were going to be at this groundbreaking ceremony. We were tipped off from an insider and we whipped up a protest really quick. But like if they were so proud of this project, if it's going to be so great for the economy, then like why are they doing a groundbreaking in secret? Why didn't they make that public? I mean, everything has been just so behind closed doors. They do. Um closed session during city council meetings. So they go in behind closed doors and talk to their lawyer. A lot of cities will disclose what was discussed. And city of course, Canada does not discuss what happened behind uh, closed session. They're just really, really shady and they don't like transparency or, or their people being informed or knowledgeable about what they're doing. Right. I, I just, honestly, I can't get over I mean, uh, I think everyone should know that the, you know, the crypto bros who, you know, are, are wax poetic over and over and over again about how crypto this, crypto that, you know, that's going to be everything and that's where it's all at. Invest in crypto, that's the future. One of the major 
probably one of the biggest, and, and I know the facility-wise might be the biggest in the U.S., like you said, um, one of the, the biggest crypto mining companies in the world um, make a huge portion of their, their, their revenue from not the crypto mining endeavor, but from selling the credits when they get paid to shut off their mine because it's using up too much energy, they get paid to sell the credits back to Texas. I mean, I can't get over that. Yeah, I just, they it's... get their electricity pay- bill paid to not do anything. They're like, please don't crash our grid. Please shut down, and we will give you, we will give you money to shut down. Please. I just, you know, it's... yeah. And again, this is life or death. And we're talking about in the most extreme temperatures, a, a huge demand. People are like cranking their AC or cranking their heater. And, and we are being told like, you know, conserve, conserve. And then these, they can waste all the water they want. They can waste all the electricity they want. And then when it, when the price goes up, essentially it's not even always about doing the right thing. It's like, oh, it's, it's too expensive to mine right now. And they'll shut down and they get paid. So it's it's totally like a business decision, not at all like doing the right thing or being like, you know, responsible to the to the community. Right. And um, we're going to on this show, we're going to continue to monitor what's going on here. And in fact, I would love um, to, to connect with more uh, members from around the country of the oh, National totally. Coalition Against Crypto Mining and really uh, maybe do a, a, a series of episodes just tracking how different, you know, towns and, and, and local governments and states are dealing with, uh, you know, crypto mining operations coming to their location. Um, but uh, Jackie Sawicki, founder of the Concerned Citizens for Navarro County, member of the National Coalition Against Crypto Mining. Thank you so much for coming on because, you know, this is, again, something that um, we've talked about on this show uh, every now and then, but have really, you know, dove into it in, in, at the level that we just did here where you had this, you know, you have this real personal experience dealing with these crypto mining companies, this riot specifically. And um, it was great to do an episode on this so people know more about, oh, yeah, one thing I totally forgot to ask you. Why did Riot change their name? They went from Riot Blockchain to randomly Riot Platforms. What was the deal with that? Um, they say it's, be- you know, again, they're vertically integrated. So they have several businesses under that. Uh, I think it's really because blockchain has become kind of a dirty word. I think it's synonymous with proof of waste and that kind of stuff. So um, and they just I, I would like to take a little bit of credit i think all of the negative publicity and me just keeping at them and keeping them in the spotlight i think that they changed because you know i use hashtags and everything and uh constantly adding them so i've been like adding riot blockchain for almost a year now and so by changing their name a lot of those tweets don't come back to them now you know i think a lot of it has to do with just you know reputation laundering why, why does any business usually change their name it's not usually because things are going great <laughs> right that's true that's very true right uh you, the you think they have a dartboard there with uh, your photo on it <laughs> oh oh chad harris when we met he he said uh he literally said my memes and my advocacy uh um 
inspired him to get that up and running faster than, um, you know, their timetable. And I think that even might be why he got fired very mysteriously. I have some theories on why he lost his job all of a sudden, but I think it has to do with, um, with making tall tales about what they were doing and, um, and what actually is the reality on the ground. So again, if you go to their, their, their Twitter, their YouTube, they have some really slick advertising videos inside of the thing and they're they're really trying to bolster investor confidence but i don't think all is well in the house i assume that um if you're not back on the show talking about um you know some other uh crypto mining story uh in terms of like them opening something new or something happening in another uh town in another state i'm assuming you're definitely going to be back on this show uh, to discuss the inevitable uh, collapse of Ryan. I would love to. I can't wait. I said we're going to have a big old party on the farm when it happens. Like, yeah, he is. Uh, it's been it's been, you know, I, I say that anger is a renewable resource. So, you know, every time I'm like, I quit, I don't want to do this anymore. Something like something egregious happens or another bubble bursts. And, you know, like the miners are going bankrupt because they do have a lot of debt and um, it's estimated that it costs Riot $8,000 to mine a Bitcoin. So as long as the price is above 8K, they're in the green. But that's, you know, taking what they say at face value, which I tell everybody, anything crypto, don't believe anything that comes out of a crypto person's mouth. <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. Uh, and asterisk. Also have to assume uh, 8K. Uh, if, if it gets to a point where they're even still making a profit, is it enough of a profit to pay off those big executive salaries? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, Jackie, yeah. where can um, where can people uh, find you online? Feel free to use this uh, opportunity to drop links, social media handles. The floor is yours. Feel free to awesome. to plug everything and anything you'd like. Thank you. Um, on, on Twitter, we're CC of Navarro. Um, at, at Twitter. And then on Facebook, we have a public information page, um, Concerned Citizens of Navarro County. And also we have a public information page on the National Coalition Against Crypto Mining on Facebook as well. So um, I'm, I'm on Reddit, but like more of a lurker than anything. Um, but I'm on Twitter a lot for so this specific. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, Jackie Sawicki, thank you so much. This was fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank have you so a, much, Matt. I, I love your shows. I really appreciate it. Have a, have a great night. And I'm happy to say that soon after I spoke with Jackie for this episode, she reached back out to me and let me know that she has been invited by the Texas Senate to testify at a hearing for a law prohibiting tax abatements for crypto miners and making it mandatory for them to disclose how much power they plan on using. I wish Jackie all the best at this upcoming hearing, and I look forward to having her back on the show in the near future to hear all about it and what comes out of it. Folks, like I said before, to support this show, go to patreon.com slash mattbinder if you can, and become a monthly paying subscriber in order to help this show grow. You can also catch the video version of this show at youtube.com slash mattbinder and check out my live streams both at the YouTube channel 
and at my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash mattbinder. And if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, you could connect your Amazon account to your Twitch account and you get a free Twitch Prime subscription every month, which costs you nothing extra, but gets your favorite creator paid. So be sure to drop that Twitch Prime subscription on my channel if you'd like. Follow me on Twitter at MadBinder. Follow the show on Twitter as well at Scam Economy. And go to ScamEconomy.com for all the links to the podcast version of this show. And while you're at Apple Podcasts or Spotify, for example, take a minute, leave a review. It helps this show go up the podcast charts and in turn helps more people discover the show. And with all that said... I will see you all next time on The Scam Economy. <laughs>